You ready? Yes. Welcome to Up In Your Business with Carrie McCoy, a production of FlagAndBanner.com. Through storytelling and conversational interviews, this weekly radio show and podcast offers listeners an insider's view into starting and running a business, the ups and downs of risk-taking, and the commonalities of successful people. Connect with Carrie through her candid, often funny, and always informative weekly blog. There, you'll read, learn, and make comment about her life as a 21st century wife, mother, daughter, and entrepreneur. On today's program, we're going to listen to the conversation Carrie McCoy had with two people who've had a very large effect on the Arkansas River, one of our greatest natural resources in central Arkansas, John Burkhalter and Samuel Ellis. Whether or not you know those two names, you're about to find out how they've affected the Arkansas River's place in central Arkansas, both recreationally and in business. First up, we'll find out the beginning story of both these gentlemen, John Burkhalter and Samuel Ellis. We'll begin with John. Mr. John Burkhalter. John epitomizes the American dream. He is a living testament to what hard work, creativity, and ambition can do for one's life. I think everyone in Little Rock, if not all of Arkansas, has heard about or has seen the new, very large apartment and marina development being constructed in downtown Little Rock on the Arkansas River and aptly named Rock City Yacht Club. Well, my guest today is the man with that vision. Mr. John Burkhalter has rolled the bones to build his dream project with a price tag of over $100 million. It is a pleasure to welcome to the table inventor, civil engineer, real estate developer, community activist, and father of two beautiful girls, Mr. John Burkhalter. Thank you so much, Carrie, and it's uh, great to be here with your sons, and I thought when you told me that Ann and Grady McCoy were your in-laws, they are just wonderful, wonderful people. I, I hope they're listening. They're great people, and uh, I'll never forget one time in the White House how Ann, she had her eyes on me. She wanted to make sure that I... Was behaving? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. I think you might not always behave, John. You and I are high school rivals from North Little Rock. Did you... Did you know that? No. Did you go to Old Main? I went to Northeast. Oh, yeah. That was a rich school. I was... Uh, Sylvan Hills. Yeah, I was more... I kind of more came from a more blue-collar community, which was a wonderful... I lived the American dream with my family and my four sisters, but y'all were considered a more wealthy area of town. I know. I love that. Uh, you were actually born in Missouri, but moved to North Little Rock, Arkansas when you were just six months, months old. Did your parents get a job? Why did you move? To, why did you move? My dad's an engineer. Oh, and like he, you. I'd love to tell my parents' story. I have the most wonderful parents in the world. And my dad, when the Japanese bombed Pearl Harbor, he was too young to be signed. And so my grandmother, he kept honor and signed him. And he went to the Philippines. And he was too young, didn't have a lot of skill set. So he built Quonset huts during the day. And then he would run over the PT fleets when he got off work. And he said, I'd shine shells, I'd swab deck. What's and PT fleets? It's a, you know, the PT boats, the oh. plywood boats that uh, were used. Uh, President Kennedy, that, the PT-109. Oh, yes, right. mm-hmm. And so he finally got a, a young lieutenant, put him on his boat. But my dad got home and he had a chance to get the, to the GI Bill. So he went to Arkansas Tech and then Fayetteville where he met my mom. And uh, he was an engineer and he was working on when they were building Table Rock Dam. And I came into the world of celebrity. I, uh, they had a brand new hospital there called Skaggs Hospital, and uh, they were going to have a bunch of wards, a key to the city uh, for the thousandth child born. 
And since my dad was up there and my mom, you know, they thought, what is Table Rock going to do to this little town? And they lived on Lake Tanicomo. But I was the thousandth child born. And uh, so I was on the front page, and I it was a, you know, of course, I don't remember it, of course. but uh, Oh, you don't? But no, but, uh, <laughs> close, but not that close. So you were going to go to school to be a doctor? I went to, you know, my uh, Methodist minister, my dad, took me to Hendricks and said. Your dad uh, was a Methodist minister, too? No, oh. uh, Brother Jim Keith, he's uh, he was my minister, and to this day, we're still very close. Great, great guy. Okay. And uh, they took me to Hendricks and said, you're going to be a doctor, and my sister skipped her senior year. She was really smart, and uh, we were both at Hendricks together. I remember that after two years, we went home and told Mom and Dad at the same time that she was going to be an architect, which she is today, and I wanted to be an engineer. I had a chance. I'd taken every math course Hendricks had to offer, and I remember the head of the math department said, John, you'll make a great doctor, but we don't have anything left here for you. You need to go to Columbia, and at the time, I didn't know what Columbia was. I had no idea, and uh, but uh, I went and got a great engineering degree from the University of Arkansas Fayetteville. So, when you got out of school, did you get an engineering degree? I yes. mean, a job, an engineering job. Yes, I went to the high bidder. Um, you That's know, the I, person that offered you the most money. <laughs> I went to the high bidder, which is not a bad thing. No, um, but I really wasn't using my engineering degree. I went to work for Halliburton right oh, yeah. College, and I was working in the oil field. I was a big guy, and. Uh, uh, I enjoyed it, but I, I went to engineering school to use my mind, uh, not my back. And so uh, one of the shortest jobs I ever had, and I came to Little Rock uh, to work for a small engineering company, Jim Summerlin, who's still like a dad to me, and uh, he had just gotten a job from the highway department, the Highway 82 Bridge over the Washtenaw River, and they were looking for young design engineers to work on that project. And so I was one of the design engineers. Next up on the program, let's find a little bit about the beginnings of Samuel Ellis's life. Mr. Samuel Ellis is founder of Rocktown River Outfitters in Little Rock's River Market District on the Arkansas River. This young scientist turned entrepreneur is going to tell us about his adventurous life as a whitewater rafting guide in Colorado, his professional life as an energy scientist and consultant for integrity, his entrepreneurial life as a founder and owner-operator of Rocktown River Outfitters, and last, in reading about Samuel Ellis, he seems to live three lives all running parallel to each other. I feel like we're kind of kindred souls over there it is a pleasure to welcome to the table river maven musician and entrepreneur mr samuel ellis that is by far the best introduction i've ever gotten thank you so much for having me on your show you're welcome that is fantastic so samuel you went to school in conway arkansas you got a degree in environmental studies Mm -hmm. i did so um i um graduated Mm -hmm. there went to uca and got an environmental degree actually in city planning um and so when I graduated from college, uh, I actually took a job as a professional whitewater raft guide in Colorado. You didn't want to go straight into your career. Well, I didn't know exactly what my career was going to be at the moment. <laughs> and um, whitewater rafting seemed way more fun than a, a day job at the time and something that I was really interested in. So. Did you have friends up there and you just decided to take off or, I, uh, or go beat them or did you just go off on your own? A friend of mine that I went to high school with and we actually roomed together all through college, uh, he went up there on a trip to go see a, a friend and uh, we did it in a weekend so we drove up after class on a friday came back in, on a sunday just in time for class on monday <laughs> to and from colorado uh and standing on the banks it was kind of like man we both want to do this and so we both took a job we both didn't know anybody up there when we moved 
Um, and uh, we really didn't have the job until you finished three weeks of training, which was learning to do whitewater rescue and, um, um, you know, all of the first aid and swimming the rapids and all the worst case scenarios in, in late May, which sounds wonderful here in Little Rock, but in Colorado, that's there's still snowfall and snow on the ground. So you're learning all the uh, the whitewater rescue uh, situations during some pretty cold times. I, I don't know if my mom ever really found out about how cold we were the whole time. She probably wouldn't have loved to know that. <laughs> Did you think, oh, I've made a mistake? Uh, there was a couple of times where in the beginning of it, I was like, oh, my Lanta, you know, this is this is miserable learning to do this stuff and having to train that hard to, to be comfortable. And essentially what you're doing is you're just teaching your body how to handle shock because no matter what you're doing, you go into 50-degree water and your body doesn't know what to do, so you get really cold uh, and, and your body goes into shock. So we kind of went through the, the rough and ragged side of that, so we were got we got used to shock. We didn't really ever go mm-hmm. through it anymore. Mm-hmm. And... Um, now when I'm on the water here in Little Rock, it makes the water a lot warmer. <laughs> <laughs> Just thinking about it. So you did it all summer? I did, yep. Um, uh, my first year was in 2011, I believe. Uh worked for um, a company out there and um, ended up being one of the best summers of my life, uh, at least at the time. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, little did I know what that would lead me to later down the road. Mm-hmm. But I definitely set the uh, the standard and set the, the, the foundation for uh, my river experience and for what I wanted to do in, in life. Mm-hmm. So you decided to come, what made you decide to come back home? Um, I came home and got a real job, made mom happy, you know. Because um, winter came and you're like, I've got to get off the river. I'm going to go into shock it, again. It is seasonal. It is seasonal for sure. Um, actually, uh, a, a local band I play in, we just released our first album um, when I left. So um, I actually got emails and words and calls from them saying hey you know this album is uh really being liked and people are wanting us to play some shows and um you know you, if you come back we're gonna we're gonna keep playing so it was kind of a pull for the band as well um mm-hmm. as uh you know getting back and finishing the last little bit of school mm-hmm. so you got a job at, at integrity no uh integrity there's a few things before that i actually took a job at a law firm uh, right after coming back from Colorado. Are you a lawyer also? I am not a lawyer But at I did all. see that you had a law position one time. I did. On, there was something about that on LinkedIn or something. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I worked at a law firm downtown. Uh, I went from whitewater rafting and camping mm-hmm. every night to <laughs> a cube farm, uh, you know, be, being a liaison between um, our local, you know, our, our company lawyers and some companies that we worked with. Did you say a cube farm? Yeah, a cube farm. You know, I've like, never heard that. Have you okay. never heard that? No, so I like it. Uh huh. It's. Uh, I have a visual. I know what you mean. Okay. But and, and so you did that. Didn't fit. It didn't fit. Um, and it was in, it was inside a lot. <laughs> you know, yeah. imagine the cube farm would be. But um, another kind of shock. It it led me to want to find kind of that balance of being outside, doing what I love, as well as you know making the career choices to make some money to pay all the bills. Mm -hmm. And, um, that led me to actually getting out on the Arkansas river in my, my own little personal whitewater kayak at the time. Uh, and I got out and adventures a little further and further every time, because probably like anybody else that grew up in Little Rock, my mom told me, don't go near the Arkansas river. It's dangerous. And I, (laughs) yeah, we're going to talk about that. Like Mm -hmm. good kids. Uh, I believed her and I said, okay, but then, you know, you get to the point, well, after coming back and being a professional whitewater raft guide, it was really hard to figure out why this river seemed so dangerous. So naturally I would get out in it and explore further and further. And, um, that nature kind of led me to 
the so balance. you had never been on the Arkansas River prior to you coming back from the Colorado River uh, n- not episode in, of your n- life. Not in a paddle boat of any kind. I've mm. been on the river in uh, you know a fishing boat. So this passion for being on the river didn't start as a youth. Uh, being on the water, yes. Being on the Arkansas River, no. Um, I grew up kayaking and canoeing with my family um, on weekend trips, and then my brother. Uh, he taught me how to roll in our, our family pond um, coming back from a class where he learned in, in college. He had a rolling class in college. I didn't roll know that was a your thing. Family, I didn't know that was either. Roll in your family pond. What is your family? Where does your family live? What do they so do? So we – I grew up on a, a, a little three-acre uh, pond um, out on in, here in Little Rock on Stagecoach Road. Uh, it's now a wedding venue, an outdoor wedding venue uh, called Aldous, Forever, or Aldous Magnolia Hill. You grew up there. Mm-hmm. How interesting. Are you, are you familiar with the place? I know exactly where you're oh, okay, talking yeah. about. I think, every, I think probably all the listeners do, too. It is a fantastic place. Now we've gotten to know a little bit about Samuel Ellis and John Burkhalter. We'll be back to talk about the effects they've had on the Arkansas River with their plans, with their projects, in just a moment. All right, this is a great place to take a break. When we come back, we'll continue our conversation with inventor, real estate mogul, and community activist, Mr. John Burkhalter. Still to come, the story behind his newest $100 million commercial development on the Arkansas River, Rock City Yacht Club. What is his vision? And can I rent a boat slip in an apartment today? We'll be right back. You're listening to Up In Your Business with Carrie McCoy, a production of flagandbanner.com. Over 40 years ago, with only $400, Carrie founded Arkansas Flag and Banner. During the last four decades, the business has grown and changed, along with Carrie's experience and leadership knowledge. In 1995, she embraced the internet and rebranded her company as simply flagandbanner.com. In 2004, she became an early blogger. Since then, she has founded the nonprofit Friends of Dreamland Ballroom, began publishing her magazine Brave, and in 2016 branched out into this very radio show, YouTube channel, and podcasts. And today, in 2020, Carrie McCoy Enterprises acquired OurCornerMarket.com, an online company specializing in American-made plaques, signage, and memorials for over 20 years. If you'd like to sponsor this show or get involved with any of Carrie McCoy's enterprises, send an email to me, gray at flagandbanner.com. That's G-R-A-Y at flagandbanner.com. Telling American-made stories, selling American-made flags. The flagandbanner.com. Back to you, Carrie. Thanks, Gray. You're listening to Up In Your Business with me, Carrie McCoy, and I'm speaking today with inventor, civil engineer, and real estate developer of Rock City Yacht Club, I like to say, and Marina. Do you ever say that? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. And some people don't quite understand what you mean when you say a yacht club. I know. It's scary. It's intimidating. Well, I started out with a canoe in the Arkansas River. Uh, I stayed against the banks because I knew that probably didn't need to be out in the middle in a canoe. Well, you never do in a canoe. Correct. And uh, But, yeah, it's a... it's for any size boat that you want to bring up that river or down that river. But, you know, party barges, runabouts, ski boats, that's really I the main I can't wait state. to talk about your marina. I am in love with it. I have been on the river. I have looked at it from both sides. I am in love with it. I'm actually jealous because I wish I could do something big like that. It's awesome. It's going to be great for Arkansas. And I think you probably figured it out because of... You worked for the AIDC so long. You probably saw these needs for Little Rock. Yeah, when I, when I got ready to build this yacht club, 
when I fathomed at the cost it was going to, because I'd run some estimates on doing building it. Because one, I had to tame that river's edge. I had to build a river wall, but, but I wanted to build something to a Corps of Engineer standard, something to a high-end standard. And so I had to figure out a way to skin that cat in a different way. And I, I did come up with some marvelous designs that um, I think are fascinating. All right, you're listening to Up In Your Business with me, Carrie McCoy. I'm speaking today with inventor and real estate developer of Rock City Yacht Club and Marina, Mr. John Burkhalter. So when did you think, I think I'll become a real estate developer? Since I designed a lot of projects for developers when I was a young engineer, I saw them do great things, but I also saw them make mistakes. And so I said, I need to, one thing I, people should take away, stick to what you know in life, stick to what you know. And so I said, I know how to design subdivisions and apartments and warehouses. So I said, all right, I'm going to get in the. I want to, but I don't. I just don't want to have someone build it for me. I want to buy the land, design it, find the funding, build it, own it, and operate it. Do you own a construction company, or did you sub it out? No, no, no. I own several construction companies. Yes. Um, if anybody's been down Canis. The Canis expansion there in West Little Rock, mm-hmm. all that heavy work, road work. I've got two of those big sections that I'm doing. First one starts there at Shackleford, and we're almost finished with that. But we do a lot of road construction. Because you're a civil engineer. Yes, yes. And so I. And I that's get, what everybody needs to know what a civil engineer is. It's a it's road construction. Well, that's one of the <laughs> that's one of the aspects. And water yes. and gas. Yeah, you're you're a pretty good salesperson. Yes, that's you're pretty close. Yes. Because there's lots of engineers. Yes, I remember when I first went to Fayetteville. I got up there, and my advisor said, well, what do you want to do? And I said, well, what, which type of engineering makes the most money? Is that right? Yeah, and they said chemical. I said, well, sign me up for chemical. Well, I learned real quick that's not chemistry. You cannot really see it. I love civil engineering because every day, whether it was a piece of lumber going up or a pipe going in the ground or dirt moving, I got to see it. And it. I've always, my whole life, I've felt that I need to do something for others or myself every day to really feel good about myself. And I learned this from my parents. Uh, my mother was the brownie leader and the Girl Scout leader, and she, all my sisters were top scouts. And I remember my dad took the Cub Scout troop before I was even old enough. And then after I became an Eagle Scout and went off to college, he still had the Boy Scout troop because he wanted to make sure he found the right individuals to take that troop over. But yeah, I'm, I'm, I've been blessed. Um, I grew up middle class. I grew up. My mom and dad loved one another, and I mean, I've lived the I lived the American dream, and I was made before I left my home to go to college. That's the that's the missing link in everything. I think is being made before you leave to college. So your first development was what? I started buying raw raw land, and so I looked at it, Colonel Glenn, and then how'd I, you get? Oh, you already had your money from your invention. All right, go ahead. Well, it was the first time in my life I had any money in my pocket. So you bought raw land. Where was it? Maumelle? Uh, so what I did is I, I went to Northwest Arkansas, oh. Boomtown, USA, mm-hmm. and I started to ask realtors. They said, well, you can buy this corner, and this company owns it, or this sister of this family. And, you know, it was the, it was the some a lot of the wealthy families in Northwest Arkansas. And I go, the price is so high, what am I going to do with it? If they want to sell it to me, why aren't they doing something with it? And so I looked in central Arkansas, and then I finally realized Maumelle Boulevard was the right price. Things hadn't been inflated yet, and so I be- began to buy land in the Maumelle area. What year was that, 2000? Well, I, I, I went public in 98, and so that was about 2000, 2001. 
did had you already decided to do um, the yacht club, or what was the catalyst? Well, you know, when when Governor when BB became governor, I yes. wanted I love telling this story. Uh-huh. I wanted to be a highway commissioner because it's a ten on a ten. Well, you were. Well, but I wasn't yet a highway commissioner. Oh. So uh, Dan Flowers, who was the uh, head of the department out there, I had a good friend Jim McClellan, and I said, Jim, take me. I said, I want to be a highway commissioner. He said, well, let's go talk to Dan Fowler. So we we get we go out, and we're talking to Dan, and, and I said, I want to be a highway commissioner. And he said, John, he goes, you need to understand, I don't make that decision. But Because he ran the department. That's mm-hmm. a point. You're mm-hmm. appointed by the governor. But mm-hmm. uh, long story sh- short. Uh, Why did you want to be a highway commissioner? Because I'm an engineer. And okay. remember I met, mentioned earlier I met Patsy, Patsy Thompson as a young engineer. I thought it was just a fluff job. No, it can be all you want. Okay, um, go ahead. But I remember I asked, I told the governor, I said, what do you want to do? He said, I, you got a lot to offer the state. And I said, well, I want to be a highway commissioner. He goes, you're not old enough to be a highway commissioner. How old were you? <laughs> I wasn't that young. But so See, he, it's a retired person's job. It's a fluff job. <laughs> but he said, no. He said, John, I want you to go to the Economic Development Commission to become chairman. And so uh, I, I did that, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, you know, we made we made loans, real loans for People in Arkansas bringing their companies here in for Arkansans, and mm-hmm. I really enjoyed it. But after that, that's when I got a shot, and the governor appointed me to the Highway Commission. Oh, it, when you were working for the AEDC, did you, is that when you decided Little Rock needed a yacht club, or how did this vision or dream begin to grow, and when did you decide it's now or never? I had a friend who's, uh, you remember years ago when the American Airlines crashed on the runway? Runway. Skidded to the end? So this friend of mine said that his father had gotten a call and said, hey, go, I've got some land down there by the airport. Go see if that plane's on my property. So my friend Greg and his father go down there and see this land. And so they thought, well, we can do something with this. So they bought it because it is a jewel. So he had owned it for a while. And he called and said, John, you got a, you got a few minutes. Let's go to lunch. I'd like to bounce something off of you. He said, you just seem to know how to get get to the end and he said this would be a great place for marina apartments well he said condos and we drove out there it was completely covered with cane yeah debris and he said the river's over here and you couldn't say i said greg i'm not i don't like water moccasins i've been hunting my whole life but i said i don't like water moccasins. i don't have on boots today no and so he said john just follow me so i went to the river he kind of told me what he goes how do we get this done and i said this thing has got hair all over it what does that mean oh, it, it needs, means it, it means it's got warts it's got <laughs> it's got a, a lot of cleanup it had a sewer line it had a gas levee, line probably. it had a power line it had a flowage easement it was going to oh. take all sorts of local state and federal permits but he's in love with it he had bought it and then he Cheap. called me and said, I got I to gotta get out of this thing. So I said, what do you got in it? And I said, how long have you carried it and what you've spent? So I agreed to pay him that. And, and you but, bought it? Yes. Was it just out of the kindness of your heart? No, I knew what it could be. I you had said a it had hair and warts all over it and easements a, and it was a mess. But I'm a guy that, you know, I put my, I'm just an old plow mule. You put me, that harness on me, I'm going to keep moving. How many acres is it? Well, what's interesting, it's a public-private venture. It, the original purchase I had was about 12 acres, as I recall. And so there's a piece of property right beside it that was owned by the city parks department. 
and it had been designated, possibly donated years ago, set up to be a public park. But really, it was pretty much a dump. Mm-hmm. And um, so uh, I encouraged the city to, hey, put out an RFP. What's Let, an RFP? Uh, request for qualifications. Let me build a park here for you, and it won't be a normal park. We don't just need another park with grass. Yeah. We need a park in the river. And so they thought it was a good idea. And then a good friend of mine, Wayne Woods, who I didn't know at the time, he was on the little selection committee. And I'd met him at a later date when I was on the Economic Development Commission and he was working with state parks and tourism. And so I got selected to build a park. I was the only respondent, of course. And I remember as we worked through (laughs) a 99-year lease with the city, I was questioned about, John, why are you going to do this, and why are you going to do that? And I go, what do you mean, why am I going to do this, and why am I going to do that? Well, that's not going to make you any money. I go, well, this is not all about making money. This is about doing the right thing in the capital city of the state of Arkansas. We don't have a facility like this, and I want to make it world class. And so it took a So you already were thinking Yacht Club or or Marina. I was thinking big. And you were keeping it under your hat. Well, no, I'd already be, I redrew this development many, many times. And so uh, the permits, it's very difficult when you're working with so many federal and, go- and state agencies and county agencies, and you've got to be extremely patient. But it can be so wonderful once you get to the finish line. Mm-hmm. But it was, it was a very long, deliberate process, and I got to reach out to everyone that helped me, the Corps of Engineers, City of Little Rock, Pulaski County, City of North Little Rock, everybody in the end – but vision is very difficult for people. Yes. Uh, Tell us your vision for that. You know, my vision from the very beginning, just mm-hmm. like when I started that company, I said, I'm going to go to the stock exchange with that company mm-hmm. because I really felt what I had. I knew that this would be world class, and uh, I knew there would be a lot of obstacles. But uh, And, of course, I've had several banks throughout time. I remember the first bank that went out back was NBA, which is now owned by Arvest. I remember I met with kind of the board out there, and, I remember one of the guys on the board said, hey, if anybody, that's why I said hair. He said, if anybody can get the hair off this deal, it's John. <laughs> I'm going to use that. And so I began, it took eight years approximately to get the permit. No. You've yeah. been working on this for eight years? This thing, I bought this property over 13 years ago. So out of the, so eight years to get the permit, a, couple, a year or two to get the bids right. And then, so you've been in construction three years, you we, think? We've been under construction down there for three years. And the view is unbelievable, not just downtown, but to the river. The river is beautiful. And there, and then you can see the sunset from them, I noticed. Yes. It's right at the end of the river. I sat right out there yes. in the little John boat and right by where where if you, have, if you were on that dock, what it would look like before the show because I wanted to know exactly. And it, I've got a picture. It was gorgeous. It is. And the marina is open now. And I welcome anybody to go down there in the evening. Can you go and watch down the there? Sound. Oh, yeah. There's a big dock out there. I thought it was gated. No, it's not gated. No, this is public access to everyone. Now, the, the apartments will be gated. So there are also big ocean-going boats down there. I'm not sure I'd want my big ocean-going boat to be sitting down there publicly accessible. What's there amazing is— There are million-dollar boats sitting look, down there. Look at, look at uh, the crime. We have no crime down there. We're not having billions. There's nobody down there. No, you're wrong. Go over there right now. You'd be amazed at the people that are over there, the bicyclers, the joggers, the people that are down there now. Another great thing that's coming is uh, Metroplan approved a grant to extend the Southwest Trail all the way out to the Clinton Light 
to What's the, the Southwest Trail? It the bike is trail? a bike trail that goes all along the levee along my property, and it all goes all the way out to the Clinton Library, a long time in the planning. But there are so many cool, cool aspects of this project. My project, we're finishing up the rollout ramp, and a rollout ramp is where you roll a travel lift out where you can pick up large boats, houseboats, anything larger than you can trailer. Is it public access? Well, this, you know, we would have to perform that service for you. Because, I got you. you know, it's... Uh, but there is a ramp, public access. There's a public ramp that's that's funded partially by the Arkansas Game and Fish Commission. But the marina is open. Uh, the flagship of the whole development will be a floating restaurant. And it's the, the roof is already on. It has like a copper-colored roof on it. Great lighting. And it's going to be 8,000 square feet. And uh, I'm going to have a tiki bar that I think is going to be so cool. I bought a plane out of Washington State, an old Cessna. And remember years ago we had this restaurant called Diego's here? Mm-mm. Well, there used to be a restaurant down in Riverdale and had a plane kind of crashed in the roof. So I'm going to crash this plane into the – and paint it up like a drug plane, and it's going to be called – and the wheels of the, of the Cessna are going to be hanging down in the bar, and it's going to be called the Wheels Up Bar. The what bar? The Wheels Up Bar. Wheels Up. So, oh, it's going to be like after the Tom Cruise movie down there in Mena, Arkansas, that was yeah. flying in all the drugs. <laughs> what was that movie called? American – American made. American made. Oh, yes. like that's what you need to name it. American made. Yes. But, and it's going to have <laughs> a full service out. restaurant, a dock store, and fuel islands. And it's it has definitely been a labor of love. But it's, um, it, I mean, it's going to be a legacy property for me. And it was to do the right thing. A lot of money. A lot of money has been spent for the public use down there. And I encourage anybody if you can, if you're willing to stay the course, try to do a public private. Uh, you're doing one right now. I know, and it is a labor of love because it is not easy. No, but you know, as you know, to be successful, but nothing's it, easy. But you, you're, it's you, your legacy. But you're, you, you feel like you're doing something. Yes, and it's going to be wonderful. And you know how difficult it is to deal with through those agencies and to get. I know we got a, you got a grant of some type, mm-hmm. and but yeah, so everybody, it's the Dreamland Ballroom he's talking about because yes. you and I know what we're talking about. Yes. Yeah, the Dreamland Ballroom. I remember when I first met you and you took me up there, I said, God, why didn't I buy this place? Because I, mean, it's <laughs> I hear a that all the time. The vision. Well, you would have had the vision for it. Most people said you have gone insane no. to buy this place, but no. it's fabulous. Yeah. We're going to finish the village, get all the apartments done. It is a village. Frame the, the I've, I've got a great consultant I'm working with on the restaurant. And then uh, we'll you'll see us frame it out. Apartments, boat slips, restaurant restrooms outdoor entertainment areas mechanics shop marine uh marina and store which will be summer jobs for kids i think it'll be awesome if you've ever been to lake washita it's one of the things i love about it when my husband saw your marina he's like maybe we should get another boat i was like oh (laughs) here we go again very interesting to see the vision come together for the little rock marina and yacht club john burkhalter now let's see where the vision came from for samuel ellis's business on the river how did Rocktown River Outfitters come to be? Well, um, it, it it evolved, I would say, because it was um, – I didn't know what I was starting when I started it. Um, I saw a need for it because um, when I first started kayaking on the Arkansas River, um, you know, little guy in a little boat, um, you know, nobody would ever go with me because everybody thought it was so dangerous. And so Did I had you the just say little guy in a little boat? You are not that little. How tall are you? I'm I'm a I'm a tall five five. You know that's not that little. You're taller than Bruno Mars. I'll take that. Yeah. And look at what a rock star he is. <laughs> All right, go ahead. I got a tall heart. Um. So 
I came back and uh, I would go on these trips by myself because nobody would go with me because they thought it was dangerous. And I would take pictures of beautiful sunsets and all the wildlife I saw. And I mean, I really had the whole place to myself. And of course, people started seeing these pictures with social media growing the way it did. And next thing I know, people are starting to ask to go with me. Friends are wanting to go uh, to the point where I ended up, you know, finding old boats to take some friends out on because nobody had their own boat. Uh, and then it really dawned on me that, you know, Little Rock could use this as a way to showcase itself. And when um, you say boats, you're talking about kayaks. I, I'm sorry, kayaks. Yes, mm-hmm. kayaks. Okay. Little uh, 13-foot, you know, sit inside and sit on top kayaks, mm-hmm. man-powered. Mm-hmm. Um, but so uh, I, I came to my dad one day and I said, I want to – I had an idea. And um, I ended up buying three kayaks uh, with all the monies that I had <laughs> that I had saved up. And, um, you know, got the business license and found out how to get insurance for a company like this. And um, a friend of mine that I worked with at the time gave me an old kayak that he found in his yard. uh, Mm -hmm. And he had grown a little too heavy for. Mm -hmm. And um, he gave it to me. And I didn't know anything about it. Ended up taking a look at it. And it was an old, old fiberglass kayak that I actually fixed up and made made it my, uh, my guide boat that year. So that way my customers could be in the brand new boats that I just bought. And I was in this old, uh, you know, hopefully it doesn't sink that trip kayak as the tour guide. Probably heavy. Uh, actually no, it's fiberglass. It was fairly light. I think that's one of the reasons why I really liked it. Uh, it, I ended up giving it a new paint job. Um, if you come to my bike shop in the downtown River Market, you'll see it actually hanging up on the wall. Mm-hmm. Uh, now that we've grown a little bit, I've been able to buy myself a boat to take guests out in um, other than just this one. So we, I still have it proudly hanging on the, the bike shop wall. So you started your business because there was a need. You found a niche. Mm-hmm. Uh, first of all, you're, doing your pas- you're, you're following your, your passion. And then there became a need, and, a, a, and you saw a niche market. And you didn't have any money to invest particularly, did you? No, not not really. Um, you know, I told myself two things. I'd never buy a brand new car and I'd never buy a brand new kayak. <laughs> Those are things that uh, Craigslist and, and uh, aftermarket deals are made for. And I found myself unwrapping three brand new kayaks so, for this company. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, So you decide this is viable. Mm-hmm. When did you decide I'm going to go get a city permit and I'm going to turn this into a business? Um. It was probably while I was still working. Um, I, I think I just started working at Integrity, um, and it was great to work long days. And then I wanted to get on the water, and that's when more and more people started showing some interest in this. And how did they find out about you? Just from just from uh, 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 Instagram, fa- Facebook, Facebook, really? Yeah, um, I have. Uh, did you put your contact information in there? You started a business page on Facebook. I did. I started a business page on Facebook. I actually. Um, was moving all the kayaks that I had on top of my 2006 Subaru, and I had made a big banner to go on the back of it. Um, it you know, it looked like Bob's kayaking rental at the time, uh, which it really was, really. But uh, it was just a little way. I had my, my, my cell phone number. and So you used Facebook. You used your vehicle. Mm-hmm. You used word of mouth. Mm-hmm. And uh, luckily with um, – I call I, I paddled up to Rockwater Marina one day, which I didn't know existed – um, until I started really putting together a, a business plan for what I wanted to do. Which is the private marina on the North Little Rock side. Correct. Rockwater okay. Marina is in Rockwater Village. Um, um, it's the new big neighborhood development right there in North Little Rock. Used to be uh, Vestals. It was. It was Vestals. Um, Forest um, or something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so they still have the big smokestack there from the greenhouses. That's the easiest way. 
to, to see it from the river or, you know, from anywhere. But um, I, I called uh, the number on Google for that marina and said, hey, I've got some questions about your marina. Um, left a voicemail and, um, you know, please call me back. And uh, I got a call back about five minutes later from one of the owners and they said, you know, what what do you want to do? When can you start? How can we help? I think they just kind of got wind that, um, you know, I was wanting to do something on the water. Um, I think it would really create a lot of traffic, and their marina was such a perfect place for it. Mm. Uh, so that really fit in well. So now we had a location. I had some boats, and some people were starting to find out about us. Um, so that really kind of came together to bring up a little bit of uh, traffic. So you rented a slip on his marina? No, I, I didn't rent a slip. I actually technically rented like a two-foot section of the walkway, and I built some racks uh, that hold all my kayaks up off the water um, and are off the, the and walkway. And so he let you just put in there? Uh, yeah, so essentially he had a, a the, the marina and then a little bitty low-water dock that was really made for you know emergency vessels or anything that needed to come up off the water at that point. Uh, and also the row club uh, was in that stretch of the water at the time. And it was made a perfect little spot for me because I could put my boats on the water uh, get people down, you know, close to the water and get them in their boat uh, versus, you know, a marina is made for stepping up onto your pontoon boat or houseboat. Or oh. So it was a, it was a, the perfect little spot for my little kayaking club. It was kind of meant to be. So, it really was. So that was a Rockwater Marina. Mm-hmm. But that's not where your store is today. Well, it is It is one of my locations. Um, it's one of your put-ins, but your actual store is now. We did. We took over uh, the bike shop that's in the River Market. And I mean in the River Market. We're, uh, it used to be Bobby's Bike Hike. So it's been a bike rental uh, and tour company there for the last five years. Um, he called me and said that they had to move back to Chicago and kind of said, you're the one – that would be most interested, and I think that would do the best job of taking this rental side on. And then, you know, at the time, I didn't have any money to buy into a whole bunch of bicycles, and I was the river guy. Um, so I kind of said no, and I kind of was like, you know, that's too much to buy it off. And um, everything that I had a reason to say no for kind of worked itself out to where I really didn't have an argument. And then the big thing for me was if they, if this shuts down and that turns into, you know, another little food stand or something, then Little Rock has no bike rentals. So all of our tourism that comes in from out of state and stays in the downtown area would have no way to see how beautiful our 15 mile bike trail is. Mm -hmm. So then I felt like it was a responsibility of mine. Mm -hmm. And um, I was, I was up to the, I didn't know at the time, but I was definitely up to the challenge mm-hmm. and uh, it's turned out to be a great spot we're right in the middle of downtown little rock we have all of our bicycles uh out and about and we've remodeled the place a little bit we've got two 14 foot kayaks um sitting in the middle of the street so if you drive down clinton avenue it's, we're hard to miss mm-hmm. <laughs> it looks like a lot's going on it looks exciting it looks fun it looks young uh, it makes me want to rent a bike even though i have a bike but even if you have a bike you don't have to take your bike down there you can just go down there and rent one and take off um and the Bike, so you can see the river from the bike trail, 15 miles, or you can see the river from a float. Right. Do you let people go rent your kayaks and go out without you, or is it only tours? No, we do uh, We do rentals. Um, so luckily, we're, in the last two years that I've been at Rockwater Marina, um, on our guided – on our tours through downtown, those are guided, and uh, you know we don't let people just go down that by themselves, at least you know in our boats. Mm-hmm. Um, it's open water. People are allowed to get out and see it 
no matter what they want. I don't own the water. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, behind Rockwater Marina is a stretch of sandbars and islands that really protects everything from the, the main the main channel, any boat traffic. And it's really crazy because if you put in the water and you go just out a little bit from Rockwater Marina, if you go left, you're going right through the heart of downtown if you go right, you go into these islands and sandbars, and you don't see any other buildings. You feel what? like you're in the middle of nowhere. Now, say that again. If you leave Rock Water Marina mm-hmm. and you go downstream, mm-hmm. and you stay to the right, yep, you are you see downtown Little Rock. You go underneath uh, Bering Cross Bridge, which is the, the the functioning train bridge right there that still mm-hmm. raises and lowers through mm-hmm. barge traffic. Um, you go underneath all the bridges through downtown. Yeah, six bridges. Six, or you, yeah, well, but not really six. Uh-huh. But, but if you go on the left side, on the North Little Rock side, you're saying that you can go between a sandbar. Mm-hmm. So um, just upstream from Rockwater Marina. Oh, upstream. Upstream. So yeah, just if you were to take a right coming out and following the North Little Rock Bank, uh-huh. that goes up into Emerald Park and then goes all the way up into Murray Park and then up into Cook's Landing and then the Big Dam Bridge. So really, everything from north, everything north of Rockwater Marina is all parks. So you can take a left and go through the downtown and see the beautiful city and the hustle and bustle of the downtown evenings. Or you can literally take a right and feel like you're uh, in, a, in a rainforest and not really see another soul. And I bet there's not much current over there. No. So that's the great thing is since it is protected by all these islands and sandbars, not only does it give us protection from any kind of current, but you can also get out and explore the sandbars. And I would like to do that because you start off going upstream when you're fresh and then when you're tired, you get to float home. Right, right. Well, you know, ten, nine, ten months out of the year, the Arkansas River is is, uh, is essentially a lake. Um, that which is, is not true. It, that is, yes. So it's controlled by um, uh, Murray Lock and Dam, the Big Dam Bridge. Uh, the Corps of Engineers uh, also releases all their flow rates. So kind of like looking at the weather where I want to know what's the, what's the weather next Thursday, you can actually look at a forecast. And so they're, they're forecasting how much they will release out of the dam, and that's how I know when it's safe to put on the water. So you don't have the phone number of the dam operator that you're on speed dial that you call all the time? No, I always wish I could just float by and wave, you know, but uh, I don't I know really if you see me. I think he should, you should know him personally, probably. <laughs> well, that was one of my questions. Is it dangerous? And I guess it's not. Let's take a quick break, and we'll come back. Um, we're gonna When we do come back, we're going to talk about again about the dangerousness. We're going to talk about the products that you uh, sell, the things you can do. You can, you're teaching people how to build canoes. And, <laughs> yes, we are. Uh, no, we're going to continue talking about all the outdoor experiences on the Arkansas River with Mr. Samuel Ellis, founder and owner of Rocktown River Outfitters, a canoe and bike rental shop that offers guided Arkansas River tours atop a kayak. And let's not forget, Sam is, Samuel is an environmental scientist. We'll ask him what he thinks is the biggest and immediate issue facing Mother Earth. Since he's out on the water all the time, he might have an opinion. After each show's airing, a podcast is made available on all popular listening sites and YouTube. Arkansas Flag and Banner is proud to underwrite Up In Your Business with Carrie McCoy. McCoy began this broadcast with the intention of offering a mentoring platform for those with an entrepreneurial spirit. Through candid conversations and interesting interviews with business and community-minded Arkansans, listeners gain insight into starting and running a business, the ups and downs of risk-taking, and the commonalities of successful people. 
Carrie McCoy, founder and president of Arkansas Flag and Banner, believes in paying knowledge and experience forward and developed this radio show as a means of doing so. The biographies, life experiences, and wisdom of her guests would likely go unheard if not for this venue. Rarely do people open up for an hour to an audience about their life mistakes, triumphs, and pitfalls. This unique radio show allows the listener intimate access into the stories of prominent leaders in our state. I'm Adrienne McNally, manager of the Arkansas Flag and Banner Showroom and Gift Shop, located on the first floor of the historic DeBorean Hall on the corner of 9th and State Streets in downtown Little Rock, Arkansas. We're listening to Up in Your Business with me, Carrie McCoy, and I'm speaking today with Mr. Samuel Ellis, founder and owner of Rocktown River Outfitters, a canoe and bike rental shop that offers guided sunset tours of the Arkansas River. I am so doing that. So... Let's let's add, let's find out about the dangerousness. You really don't think it's dangerous out there? Well, so the Arkansas River is just like anything in the nature. There's there's um, a dangerous time and a dangerous place on just about everything. For instance, you wouldn't go climb Pinnacle Mountain in a lightning storm. <laughs> so uh, that is a good point. I'm not going to say that the Arkansas River is not dangerous. Um, we're just wanting to educate people on when it's safe and how to be safe on it. And if they're going out with you, you are so trained. If anything happens, tell me the scariest thing that's ever happened to you on Colorado or on, or on the Arkansas River. Oh, yeah, just some some uh, trips probably down uh, Browns Canyon uh, in Colorado uh, with some, some families that, you know, you try and teach them how to paddle and how to work as a team, and then uh, they, they don't. <laughs> so uh, you got to get them down the river safely no matter what. Did they flip? Uh, we've had some people in the water, but that's that's kind of part of the fun. We have a couple of rapids that are actually, you know, if we find out we've got a really fun crew, uh, you know, we'll we'll have we'll do uh, we'll go the the sporty route, we'll say, and uh, go oh, for the, the big the wave. Um, there's just different ways to hit different rapids, mm-hmm. and so some are more splashy than others. So nothing dangerous has ever happened to you on the Arkansas River. Um, I'm, I do a lot to keep it from being dangerous for me and anybody that I'm with. Um, you know, the training that I had in Colorado uh, was expe- exceptional in the fact that I'm more comfortable than mm-hmm. anybody out in, on the water for the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also a little bit of common sense keeps me away from the dam, for instance, mm-hmm. uh, or getting on the water during flood level, you know, or uh, going out if you didn't know how to swim. So what are the two months that you can't go out on the river? Uh, it changes. Um, it's usually probably like April, May or May, June. Uh, mm-hmm. And the reason for that is because so the Arkansas River starts in Leadville, Colorado, in the Rocky Mountains. So while everybody's up there skiing all winter, that snow has to melt and go somewhere. Mm-hmm. So we always have a lot of the snow melt coming from the Arkansas River, uh, which is why the Arkansas River is so much fun to float in Colorado because that's where it's really narrow and there's a lot of water, and that's where the whitewater rafting side comes out. By the time it gets all the way down here, it's wider. It's more managed by dams um, and used for irrigation. So um, it's it's more controlled. But at the same time, when we have all that snow melt and then we have all the big rains come through Oklahoma and Arkansas like we've had, um, they have to let that water flow down so they open the dams. And so mm-hmm. right now, essentially, Murray Lock and Dam is, is running water through mm-hmm. it to relieve some of that water. Um, we offer a sunset tour. And um, we have – you know, lights on the boats. Um, it does help in working for a, a lighting company. I've learned a lot. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's um, right. And um, so the cool thing is we'll put on at sunset. You get a float through downtown. All the bridges light up. Um, I think the first time I did it for myself before I started the company, I had like 
a headlamp and glow sticks and just about every, you know, like everything imaginable to be lit up. Uh, and then I got through downtown and I didn't have to have anything to see because the city is so lit up. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's what's really amazing. And you don't realize it until you're out there. Mm-hmm. You probably stick kind of close to the shoreline, I would think. We do. Um, so since the Arkansas River is, is commercially navigated, mm-hmm. so you'll see barges out there. You'll see the big yachts and bass boats. Uh, we're lucky that it is uh, commercially navigated because if you are on a lake, um, you know, there's no traffic traffic lanes on a lake. It's just go any which way around the lake you want. But on the Arkansas River, there is a main channel. And so that gives us the the safety barrier to be if we're outside of that, that main channel, we're not worried about getting hit by a barge or we're not worried about, you know, a bass boat taking us over. So it's kind of like a bike staying in a bike lane and staying out of the middle of the road, except for the fact that the main channel is a very small channel compared to the width of the river so we get this huge essentially a river sidewalk to play on interesting Mm -hmm. uh you also make canoes i i do um my my dad invited me up um a couple years ago to uh go do a canoe building class with him in in brooklyn maine um and uh, it was fantastic. I'd, it was a, a long drive, but it was a week of learning how to build canoes. And after doing that year after year, um, I was in another class in Maryland with him. And it was just kind of like, why don't we do this in Little Rock? And at the time, I had just taken over the bike shop in the River Market. I knew we weren't going to do a lot of biking and kayaking in January and February. So I was trying to think of creative ways to use that space. And it just made everything. It just clicked. It was um, it was this concept of we can build canoes there, and you know we've got the idea, but we didn't have the material yet. And it wasn't until I was on the way home posting a picture of us building a canoe and said, "Who would like to do this in Little Rock?" That um, uh, Greg Johnson uh, had reached out to me, who had someone I'd never met before. Um, and he is the owner of Little Rock Boat Builder Supply that I didn't know existed. I didn't either. So he saw my message and uh, was like, get in touch with me and let's let's meet up and talk. And we had both really had the same dream. We were just coming at it from very different ways. And so this experience this last year really made it a perfect click that we worked together because Rocktown River Outfitters had the, the, the name and, you know, we had the location and um, uh, Little Rock Boat Builder Supply had l- literally that, the supply and um, uh, the, the way to actually build these kits ourselves. They're, they're designed here locally by Greg Johnson wow. And, uh, wow. and some of his team. They're cut out on a CNC machine at his shop in the middle of downtown. What kind of wood? Uh, it's uh, a kume, which is essentially a water-grade, mar- marine-grade plywood. And so we, we don't go digging them out of like an old stump. Like it's not that kind of canoe. It's a, what's called stitch and glue. Oh. And so everything's cut out and made as a kit. I you, thought it was made out of U or something. Isn't there a type of wood called U, Y-E-W? I believe so, yes. We, I thought they were made out of that. Well, there's you can use oh. a lot of different things. Uh, mm-hmm. The reason we use the Akume is because it um, adheres to fiberglass really well. Oh. And it's lightweight and waterproof. So um, it's the perfect wood for what we're doing. And um, and you just soak it, shape it, sand it? We we do. Actually, we, we cut it into the perfect shape so that when you start building it, it, it goes together. If you lay it out on the floor, 
it would not look like a canoe. Really? <laughs> uh-huh. And that's the exciting it's part. It's like paper cutout dolls. It is. It is. And the first day you walk in and we take a picture of you in front of your canoe, which is essentially a pile of wood on the floor. Um, and, you know, uh, through five-day class, which we offer different ones now, um, and I say we, actually, um, Little Rock Boat Builder Supply is continuing these classes while I'm using the bike shop for bikes and kayaks again. Mm-hmm. So um, even though we're not building them in the shop, Little Rock Boat Builder Supply is still building So is these. that what you do in the winter when you can't do a lot of biking and maybe you're – because it seems like a seasonal business. Mm-hmm. You teach people how to build canoes in the off-season, and then you rent bikes and and, and kayaks and do tours in the – in the it is. peak seasons. It is. Um, is. Is it everything you thought it'd be? Or is it more? Oh, it's more. I didn't really? know what I was getting myself into when I started this idea. But it's it's just, it's grown organically and it's grown faster than I, than I thought it would. Uh, so we're definitely having some growing pains. But everything that I thought there might be an interest for in Little Rock and might be good for Little Rock, um, Little Rock locals and, and Little Rock travelers have really shown interest in it, and it's also generated a lot of um, traffic in the downtown area and uh, new interest in making something more unique than you can find in a lot of other cities for don't just you, Little Rock. Don't you do Little. food? I, I don't even know if you could do that in Memphis. Uh, I bet you can't get a kayak to go on the Mississippi River in Memphis. I haven't got to paddle the Mississippi yet. Would you do that? Oh, totally. Yeah. I totally. Think, I think it'd be fantastic. I mean, it's just like anything. There's they safe places. They probably got big bike lanes on the Mississippi Big bike River. lanes, yeah. But um, no, it's just something very unique that Little Rock has to offer. And um, it's this natural resource that goes through our, both, both Little Rock and North Little Rock. Well, that's our show. An hour well spent learning the personalities and visions of John Burkhalter and Samuel Ellis using the Arkansas River for even more of a natural resource than it already is. This is Up In Your Business with Carrie McCoy. Mm-hmm. All right. In closing to our listeners, thank you for spending time with us. We, if you, we hope you've heard or learned something that's been inspiring or enlightening and that it, whatever it is, will help you up your business, your independence, or your life. I'm Carrie McCoy, and I'll see you next time on Up In Your Business. Until then, be brave and keep it up. You've been listening to Up In Your Business with Carrie McCoy. For links to resources you heard discussed on today's show, go to flagandbanner.com, select radio, and choose today's guest. If you'd like to sponsor this show or any show, contact me, Gray, that's G-R-A-Y, at flagandbanner.com. All interviews are recorded and posted the following week. Stay informed of exciting and upcoming guests by subscribing to our YouTube channel or podcast wherever you like to listen. Carrie's goal is simple, to help you live the American dream.